Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you some interesting things today. I trust God within these few moments I have God here. Look at Genesis chapter 8 verse 4. Genesis chapter 8 verse 4. Genesis is the first book of the Bible for your information. So you don't have to go too far. Just begin with Genesis. Hallelujah. In the Bible talks about in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then when you read John chapter 1, it talks again about in the beginning was the word. Now those, those beginnings, the beginning in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and the beginning in John chapter 1 verse 1 are very similar but different. One of those beginnings was before the other one. The one in John is the beginning before the beginnings. So the, the one in John simply means that before everything began, the word was. Jesus has always been before. So before Genesis beginning, John 1, 1 said, before that beginning, that beginning of the word was. In the deathless past, the word was before everything started. And so the word is God. The word is Jesus. The word is part of the triune God. Triune means three in one God. Somebody will tell you, I don't believe in the Trinity. Let me, let's leave that aside and leave that alone. Those who think they don't believe in the Trinity, death. <laughs> Forget about that. But in the beginning, in fact, there was a time Jesus was being baptized. Somebody say Jesus. In the book of Luke chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 3, Jesus was being baptized. Jesus being baptized. The Bible says that the heavens was open and the Spirit of God descended who? The Spirit said, The Spirit. Jesus was being baptized. The Spirit descended. And Bible said, And God said, And God said, This is my son. All the three were in action. In, the, in Genesis, the three of them went into action. Who told you that God is not trying? It's called the Godhead. And so, in the beginning, before anything started, the Godhead was. Yes. <laughs> and the Godhead decided to do something. He created you and I. He created us so that we can represent Him here. We can be in His image, that's the priests, and we can be in His dominion. So, so let us create man in our image and our likeness, a priesthood. Say priesthood. The priest reflects God. And so they created us to be priests. Not just to be priests. And let them have dominions and dominion. So dominion is kingship. So we were created to be priests and kings. That is why we were created. But sin entered the situation and sidetracked us and kicked us out of our created position. And so, we see, there is something that is more important than redemption. There is something that is deeper and stronger and more valuable in the sight of God. The, the reason why you are redeemed is you are redeemed in order to fulfill why you were created. Uh, that is why, that is why the 
the devil doesn't want to want to deceive people and tell them that creation is a lie. Because when you defeat yourself, creation is a lie. That means that you just showed up. No purpose. But creation is not a lie. God created you and I for purpose. But because we missed that purpose, he had to institute redemption. It's called recovery program. <laughs> Somebody say recovery. So Jesus came to, to, to install us back to where we were. Now, when Adam sinned, he lost something. There was something he was entitled to had he not sinned. And so when you read Genesis, as soon as Adam sinned, God sends the angel to guard the tree of life. In fact, the entire Bible is about life. Somebody say life. The Bible starts with life. It talks about tree of life right from the beginning. And in Revelation, it talks about the tree of life. And so Adam, because Adam sinned, God did not permit him to have an encounter and enjoy the tree of life. The tree of life is reserved for those who have divinity in them. And so Jesus Christ came to recover us, to reinstall us to the initial position. And not just that, Jesus Christ's death has two in one, by one, get one free. You got it from the Bible. <laughs> Buy one, get one free. Now, he came to reinstate us to where Adam fell, and not just that, and higher than that. So there is something those of us who are born again have got, which Adam did not have. What is it? Divinity. God in us. Uh, that is like Jesus said that, I am the life. He said, I came that you may have life and do what? For your information, when he said that thing, he was not standing in the cemetery. <laughs> so if you, you, get, you get a little Genesis chapter 4. Now, this is introduction. I'll come back to all this recovery stuff because Easter is about God's recovery program. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about how God, he, according to his predetermined foreknowledge, chose us before the foundation of the earth. So before the earth began, that's why I told you that there is a beginning before it's a beginning. He said, at the foundation, before the foundation, some of us were chosen. If you are born again, you have been chosen before you showed up. And so he chose us from the beginning, and Jesus Christ had to come and die so that he can put the recovery program into force so you and I can discover ourselves in God. And he sealed that with the Holy Ghost. That's what Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 1 to 13 basically talks about. But today, look at something in, in, in Genesis chapter 4. What verse did I say, please? Eight, eight verse four. All right. I just wanted to know those who are really following and in the spirit. <laughs> yes, I got you there. Now, Genesis chapter eight verse four. He said, "And the ark rested." Say rest. I like that word. Yes. Say the ark rested. Say the ark rested. Somewhere in the scripture, Bible said, "And God gave David rest from war." <laughs> I see it happening to somebody. Somebody, just for you alone, you don't know why. Since you married, since you came to London, since you came to UK, since you left home, life has been from one battle to the other. War. Somebody say rest from war. Oh, there is something like resting from war. There is something like 
Prayer report, Bible says, and God gave David rest from war. Somebody shout rest from war. And prophesy into your life that because of the new day, because of the resurrection, you shall experience rest from war. You have been fighting and fighting and fighting. Listen, you were not born a fighter. You were born to enjoy. You were born to inherit because of God Christ's time. Even if your family is a boxing family, wrestling family, once you get into the new family of God, your status changes from there. Hallelujah. That is why also upon that premise I announced to you that you, you deserve rest from war. Somebody shout rest from war. The Bible says that in the ark rested. You know we are in a year of rest. The ark rested where? In the Please, somebody read it with me. The, when, when, when did the ark rest? Seventeenth day of the seventh month. Somebody say seventh month. Seventeenth day. That sounds very good. Now, so we finish reading that. Now, let me tell you about this act, the story of the act. Because man sinned and man lost fellowship with God, the heart, have you realized that the more the, the human beings, the more we grow, the more we know how to do bad? <laughs> Some of you didn't know a lot of things. You were very innocent. You grew up a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and some friends introduce you or your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend you see, so the more you grow <laughs> the more the evil in humanity begins to come closer to you and so when Adam and Eve sinned and they lost their fellowship with God the more people became evil have you realized that in those of you who have been around for a little longer you know I'm talking about 15 years or more 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you, you realize that things have changed. People have become more evil. People, how can you shoot or kill a pregnant woman over something linear? The heart of man is callous, desperately wicked. And listen, laws cannot stop that. Law can threaten people, but what sometimes people get so angry, they don't care anymore. Let the Lord do. That thing is in the heart of man. So it is a heart problem, not a head issue. So it doesn't matter how well you educate somebody, their heart is a problem. The only way you can have a heart transplant, a heart will change, is when Jesus gets into the heart. If Jesus is not in the heart, some of you, you knew before you became born again, the things you could do. The things you could imagine, you wonder where these thoughts come from. But when Jesus came, you will lose taste for some things. Your friends say, let's go. You wonder, I don't even enjoy it anymore. Do I have a witness here? Say, it's a heart issue. <laughs> My God, I feel the Holy Ghost here. And so, their hearts were so drawn away from God, and they plunged into utter darkness and wickedness. So God said that, no. I have to wipe away humanity from the city and save some people. So he saved Noah and his children. Noah and his family, specifically. Eight people. And he said, Noah, get everybody, uh, every animal, two by two in the ark, and so we can present the animals and all that. The Bible says that. And the whole 
earth was destroyed by rain. Listen to this very carefully. And so, about everybody, everything that lived, anything that had life, was destroyed. Apart from those in the ark. See the ark. But you can't say, you see, if they had stayed in the ark up to now, they would have also been destroyed. They needed to come out of the ark. So when the flood was over, Bible says that the ark now rested. In other words, new life was about. Put your hands together for Jesus. Master, what has Noah's ark got to do with me this morning. My job situation has not got anything to do with Noah. Okay, you will see where you fit in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't forget about what I told you. When did the ark rest? Seventh day and the seventeenth month. Look at Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Last week I think we read from Exodus and today we are reading from Exodus. There is something about Exodus which makes you feel like going for it. <laughs> you can't stay in Egypt. You can't stay. No, listen, you are not meant for Egypt. No, you are not being designed for Egypt. It's like you take uh, a car tie which, is, which has air inside oh, and try and suppress it Put it under the water, keep it under. You can't be underwater. It will come out. It will come up because it was it can't stay there. Some of you, the situation you are going through is just temporary because you can't stay there for long. Because you didn't hear me. You didn't believe me. I thought you can't stay there for long. Exodus chapter 12. What does verse 1 say? Read a verse 2. Read a verse 2. When this month shall be unto you the beginning of the month. This month shall be unto you. Yeah, read it to the microphone for me. This month shall be unto you the beginning of the month. Pause. You remember, say beginning. Yeah. Say beginning of months. Yeah. Now, in other words, that really wasn't the beginning of months. If it was the beginning of months, God would have said this should be the beginning of months. So when God said this shall be unto you the beginning of months, it meant something. But that was in the beginning. Now, in the Jewish uh, in Jewish calendar, what used to happen? What happened in the, the the original calendar starts the first month of the of the year starts from usually it's between September and October. But so for the sake of our, our, our calendar month, it's September. That's why most of the time the schools and all the New Year and all that September. You see, so the calendar month, the Jewish calendar, they have two types of calendars. So the original one starts from September. So, uh, sorry, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, October. So October happens to be the first month of the Jewish calendar. Now, and then they have, that is the civil calendar. But they also had from that day, go to there is going to be the beginning of month. So that became a sacred month. So the sacred calendar begins with that month. And that month happened to be in April. <laughs> In April. And so let's just try and count. Genesis. That's okay. Sorry. I said Genesis. You see, I love the Bible so much. For, for October. So October is the first month. <laughs> Forgive me. October is the first month. November 2, 3, 4, 5, March. That's 6. So April is the 7th. But it happens to be the first sacred month. The first month of the sacred year is April. Don't forget about that. 
April happens to be the seventh month of the simple calendar. All right. Is somebody getting something? Say seventh. Say first. Read the six of um, Exodus chapter 12. And you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. <laughs> we are going somewhere. Someone is a Passover. <laughs> this is good. Now, hear this. He gave them instructions. He says that this very, the first day of the month, he gave to them, this shall be the beginning. And he told them that every family should get um, a lamb and all that. The instructions are there. And he told them that you shall keep it, keep the lamb, bring it on the 10th day, examine it for four days. So the lamb was supposed to be examined to make sure it is not sick. Those of you who have been given sick offering. <laughs> God doesn't really like those things. <laughs> That's just a cheap thing for you. If you don't understand it later, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so, how should we go theologically? So what do you, how do you define a sick offering? You know it when it's sick. <laughs> it's your heart that defines your offering, not your hand. <laughs> So he said, examine it, and then on the 14th day, what are you supposed to do? Of the same month, yeah. and the old assembly of the congregation of Israel yes. shall kill it in in the evening. Shall do what? Kill it in. Kill it. You have to. What, what is it? What, uh, the different, there's a different translation, put it differently. Exodus chapter 12, verse 6. A translation puts it differently. What does it say? Look, can you read it again, your version, please? Yes. So, so when do you slaughter the lamb? When do you kill it? At twilight on the fourteenth. Say the fourteenth day. Now, so when you study very carefully, it was on the fourteenth day they slaughtered and told them that use the blood to mark your house on that same night. And so when the evil spirit comes, or the angel of death comes, he'll pass over you, that's what we get, I'll pass over. And then, you know what? There was swelling and bitter crying in the whole land of Egypt, but not in the camp of the children of God. And it was so remarkable that Pharaoh said, I can't keep you here any longer. You guys, go. And so God told them that this day, shall be in memorial to you all the rest of your generations. So he told them that every year you guys need to remember today when I smote the firstborn of Egypt and released you. And so it is called Passover. Say Passover. And so it, is, it became a Jewish custom. On the seventh month, which appears to be the first month of the Jewish calendar, or first month of the, sorry, the uh, um, sacred calendar, the seventh month, they, uh, they always come together on a designated day to celebrate the Passover. So Jesus showed up. So anytime the family gathered together, they all do the family. Anytime they gather together, they're coming to take Passover. The, the, the leader tells them that this is the lamb that was slain. And, and whilst they were doing it, see, Jews are prophetic. They believe in prophecy. So they were looking forward to the Messiah. So when Jesus showed up in John chapter 1 verse 21, and John said, Behold the Lamb of the, the Lord. Why did you say the Lamb of God? Because they were looking forward to a Lamb of God. Now, oh my God, I'm going somewhere. Say Abraham. Abraham, God asked Abraham, go and sacrifice your son for me. In Genesis chapter 12, 
Abraham goes up and finds Isaac. Guess what? I'm going to provide myself a lamb. And so God provided himself a lamb on the mountain called Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah. And guess what? God offered himself a lamb. And so the Jews always remember the lamb that was sacrificed by Abraham. God provided. And it was a prophetic indication, in fact, a prophetic statement that one day God will provide himself a lamb. Watch this very carefully. Abraham, it was his own only son. And God provided his only son. So Abraham did, almost did what only God could do. He was willing to sacrifice his only special son. God specifically said, give me your only son whom thou loveth. Somebody said, I have Ishmael. God said, your only son. So God did not recognize Ishmael as Abraham's heir. Now watch this. And so God, the Jews knew that one day God is going to provide himself a lamb. And then the Passover comes in and there was a, an issue of lamb. So they knew that the, top, the combination of these two events is, go, is pointing to a major day when God is going to provide himself a lamb. That is why John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus coming, he said, Behold the lamb of God who takes away. <laughs> The sins of the world. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you've done bad. The lamb can take it away. <laughs> Who takes away the sins of the world. And so Jesus came as the lamb. And so guess what? Just the interesting bit. God is a God of prophecy. I'm going to show you something in a minute. Interesting. Jesus Christ on the day of the Passover. Mark chapter 12 or chapter 14 verse 12, he sent his disciples and he said, go and prepare and look at Mark chapter quickly, Mark 14, 12. Mark 14, 12. I'm following. Thanks be to God. Mark 14, 12. If you are getting lost, don't worry, you'll be found. Mark chapter 14 verse 12. Oh my God. Oh my God. Our God is a good God. Our God is a good God. Have you, have you found it? See, it says that, and the first day of the, so first day of the unleavened, uh, unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, you see the Passover? So they were doing it to always remember it. When they killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, Where would thou that we go and prepare that we may eat the Passover? It's something that, it's, if you're a Jew, it's a man. So that day they knew they were going to that night. They told where should we pray? For the Passover. Say Passover. And so he showed them what to do. And they went into the upper room. They went there to go and have the communion, what we call communion. Guess what? And after that very night, when he took the bread, Bible said, you know, those of you who are familiar with church, especially if you were raised in an Ang Anglican background or a Catholic background, because the communion, you always hear that on the night he was betrayed, he took up. I took the bread. I mean, you know, it's in the Bible. In fact, in in, in First Corinthians chapter eleven, twenty-three, that was this. So on the night he was betrayed. So the very night he was betrayed. Say the very night. He took the bread and he gave thanks. And so they, that day, that the beginning of the Passover, they went to take the communion, the Passover. And guess what? After he took, he took the communion with his disciples. You know what he told them? He said, "This is the last time I'm going to do this with you." But as often as you do it, now at least they will do it to remember the Passover lamb. <laughs> ah, and so this issue of Passover will not stop. That's why we keep taking communion. But our 
communion is not pointing to Egypt. It's pointing to Christ when he really set us free from satanic Egypt. And so in Colossians chapter 1, it says Christ delivered us from the powers of darkness. And so he said, do this to remember me. He said, remember me. Yeah. So it's a communion. So it, 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 it replaced the old Passover. Jesus' Passover. Jesus' communion replaced the old Passover. And so, as I told you earlier on, when did God say they should take the Passover? From Exodus. It's not seven days, please. No. The 14th day. Twilight means that in the evening. 14th day of the month. That happened to be a Thursday evening. And so the same night they took the uh, communion. That's what everybody does in it, all the Jews. That same night was the night he was betrayed. And you know, when he was betrayed, Throughout the night, the judgment was going on. They crucified nine o'clock in the morning. Now, the Jewish calendar, the day does not start in the morning. It starts on seven. So, let's say today is Sunday. Today didn't start this morning in the Jewish, according to Jewish day. It starts last night, six p.m. So, six p.m. starts Sunday. That's how it is in the Jewish calendar. And today ends 6 p.m. And then tomorrow, Monday starts. So that is, so it was really on the 14th day, early, from when, after they took the communion in the, in, the, in the evening, he was betrayed. And so when was he crucified? On the 14th day. Because that, they took that same night, they took the communion. That was the same day he was crucified. So he was crucified on the 14th day. He said that I will resurrect in three days. Let go. What are you talking about? Hey, put your hands together for Jesus. God does not do anything by accident. That is why I know your problem is not by accident. He will show up. He is aware of what you are going through. So on the 14th day, he was crucified. Look, look at something. Look at Mark chapter 3, chapter 8. You already in Mark. So look at chapter 8. Mark 8, my God. Mark chapter 8, the Frenchman will say, Mark Shabit. I've forgotten 8. How to say it in French, but I remember later. Normally, my, on Sundays, my French goes. <laughs> Mark chapter 8, are you there? Verse 3 1. 31. Somebody read it with a loud voice for me. Anybody, read Yes, must suffer, don't worry, must suffer many things. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. Yeah. And rejected of the elders. Rejected of the elders. And of the chief priests. And scribes. And be killed. After how many days? When was he killed? 14 days. 14 plus 3. I thought you'd be coming for Jesus. But even not just that, what we doing? Not just that. Which month was he crucified? The first month, which happened to be the seventh month. Do you remember Noah's Ark? Which month did the Ark rest? On the seventh month, on the seventeenth day. And God knew all along what he's about. God knows what he's about. Somebody said, God knows what he's about. And so, if the ark had not rested, they would have perished in the ark. 
If Christ has not resurrected, you and I, let's see what Paul said about that. Look at 1 Corinthians. And you meet someone and say, oh, Jesus just died. Oh, they said, some people say, the death of Jesus is not important. It's not like something just He just came to live a good life. So, so we can't emulate his life and follow him. And so let's let, let teach him and you'll be okay. You are an ignorant. You don't know anything about what God is doing. <laughs> Any, see, the recovery program has very much everything to do with the death of Christ. If Jesus did not die, it's not necessary. We are we yes, it's unimportant. Anybody who tries to trivialize the death of Christ, listen, the death of Christ was never even once said to be remembered in the Bible. The Bible never told us we should remember his birth. That's, that's, that's not really the point. But the Bible says that we should remember his death. Because it all began at the cross. <laughs> he needed to die on the cross. Are you first Corinthians? What chapter? You, you remember the Bible reading, it says that on the first day of the week, some of you were not listening to the Bible reading, but you are not used to that. In, in Luke chapter 24, verse 1 to 6, the Bible talks about, in Matthew chapter 28 as well, verse 1, it says that on the first day of the week, say on the first day of the week. <laughs> if it's on the first day of the week, then what day, when you are counting the order of counting chronologically, first day of the week is number one, first day, second, two, third day, three. So chronologically, the first day of the week, what day is it so long as last week is concerned? Not a, not a particular day in the order of numbers. First day of the new week happens to be what day of the old week? Seven days is one week. So the next day after one week is the eighth day. Did you get that? Seven days make a week. And so, and then the next week was eight, uh, it's, it's also seven days. And so, when one week finishes, when the next week is starting, the first day of that week happens to be the eighth day of the previous week. Yeah. Say so eight. eight. It's the new beginning. Eighth day means that the old has gone. Now, in God's calendar, biblical numerology, the Number eight is the new beginning, the number of new beginning. Number seven is the number of completion. Completion. Complete number seven. So one week was completed. Eight, the first. Why should you resurrect on the first day? First day of that week. It means that the, the old has been now dealt with. It's a new day. A new day. So that's why the Bible specifically said on the first day of the week. That is why the Sabbath day is the seventh day. That's the Saturday day. But the Sunday is the first day. That is why the, the church fathers started this Sunday service. It's a service on Sunday. So those who say seventh day, we must worship on seventh day. You have to worship every day. But for us to gather together in the name of the Lord, celebrating what we are in Christ, 
is the first day. Because that is the day of resurrection. That is the new day. That is why Sunday really is the first day of the week. How many of you know that? So, it, it is not about days. But all these things are very significant in the problem of God. <laughs> Somebody shout, it's a new day! Shout, it's a new day! Listen, I come to speak to somebody. It doesn't matter what, what you suffered in the past. It is a new day. What is the importance of his resurrection? Because thank you, Holy Spirit. It is the resurrection that ushers us into newness of day. In fact, in the book of Romans chapter six, it tells us just as Christ was raised from the dead by baptism, so, so it's like, by, by baptism we are also raised into newness of life. That's eleven. Romans six eleven. We are raised into newness of life, just like Christ was raised from the dead. And so the resurrection is always an introduction to something new. If they tell you the resurrection is not important, the devil is speaking through them. Look at the book of, as I said earlier, First Corinthians chapter 15. Interestingly, we, you know the, the verses we are going to read? On what day of the man did Jesus die? And what day? On what day of the man did Jesus die? <laughs> okay, when? 14th day. Alright, I mean the man, the day of the man. And on what day of the man did he resurrect? 17th day. This is nothing very spiritual, but I found it quite coincidentally interesting. Let's read verse 14 and verse 17. <laughs> First Corinthians 15, verse 14. Have you found it? Well, this time we are all going to read it together because this is very significantly powerful. Not Second Corinthians, but First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse is fourteen. Let's all read fourteen together. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also in vain. Pause. What does it mean for something to be vain? Useless. Sorry? Wasted, yes? Empty. Sorry? No meaning, useless. For instance, if um, some of you have dummy phones for your children, the children are the children like mobile phones. They don't know where they got that from. Some of, so some of you have bought dummy mobile phones for your children. And they've been playing with it. it. You know, it's a very vain form. So long as mobile communications conducting is useless. <laughs> so Paul said, if Christ did not resurrect, all this preaching we are doing, church business, is like that mobile phone the child is. It can't do anything. If Christ did not resurrect, who told you the resurrection is not coming now? In the book of Acts, oh, Acts, Acts, Acts chapter 3, verse 24 and 20, the Bible says that God in his predetermined counsel planned that Jesus would die at the time he died. In fact, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says, in the, in the fullness of time, say fullness of time, God doesn't do things by accident. That is why he's on his way in your life. He's about to show up. Just hold on a little longer. Oh, no, 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 no. is on a high speed, top speed. I 
about to execute his intentions in somebody's life. Oh, that's why Habakkuk says that even though it tarries, wait for it. It shall surely. Somebody shall say surely. Somebody say surely. In other words, it shall definitely come to pass. Coming to pass means it shall happen. When God says it, it shall happen. God said it, I believe it. That's it, that's it. Somebody shall hallelujah. And so, Bible says that if Christ did not resurrect from the dead, then our, our, our preaching, I don't have to stand here and do all this nonsense. But guess what? Ooh, do you know why I'm excited about what I'm doing? Because Christ resurrected, this thing is not vain. This thing carries potency. It carries power to deliver. In fact, Paul puts it this way. He said, for those who are perishing, our preaching is foolishness. Romans chapter 1. He said, those who are perishing, our preaching preaching, our preaching, the declaration of God's recovery program, that's which is called the gospel. Those who are perishing, our preaching is foolishness. But to those of us who are saved, he said that it is the power of God. <laughs> but to those who believe, this same thing that is vain to some people, it's the power of God unto salvation. See, the power of God. It's all because he resurrected. So, come in, come in, come in real down. So, what, what else has that got to do with me? That means that this thing we are doing here this morning, it will help somebody. It's not a social gathering. You know, yes, people will dress and come. I didn't say that you guys are looking so good. When, I, when my wife came in from there, I felt like we should do wedding again because everybody is looking so good. It felt like a wedding day for me. But we didn't show up just for social gathering's sake. We show up because when we gather, my God, something is released in our midst and it begins to work. Sometimes you don't have to know it's working on you. You know, some of you have, have been in certain areas and things happened to you. You were exposed to certain radiations. You were exposed to certain um, certain waves. And something's happened to you. You didn't even know it was happening. So later you realize that it had an effect on you. Likewise, I tell you, I heard about the, the soldiers who fought in the first Gulf War. Some, some radiation or some things that they were, they were meant to take you on. They didn't know. But later on they realized that effect. I'm also submitting to you that you may be sitting here. You may not know what is going on. But I'm telling you, something is going on. Because this thing is not in vain. Hallelujah. You can't afford not to be where the people of God are. Because as soon as we gather, what is not in vain begins to happen. Read verse 17. That is the most important part. Verse 17. It says that we are going to read this together. One more. Are you ready? Verse 1 Corinthians 15, 17. Let's go. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Case set out. Watch this. Anything about God, anything about our relationship with God is hooked to, is founded on the resurrection. Because if the act did not land, all what we are talking about is not necessary. It took the axe resting, the axe landing, and the axe resting on the earth. I saw, do you remember I talking about the mountain, uh, the Mount of Moriah? 
where Jesus was, where the Abraham slain. Interestingly, God doesn't do anything by accident. It was on the very same mountain where Jesus was crucified. He spent much of his time in Galilee, away from Jerusalem. Much of his time. But when it was about time, he told his disciples, let us go to Jerusalem. And, and that's when Peter said, you can't go and die, you can't go. And he said, devil, get behind me. He went to Jerusalem and they crucified him on the same mountain. God is in church. God knows what he's about in your life. Just allow him. Believe him. Depend on him. Because he is a master planner. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. But who says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith? Bible says that in him all things consist. What are you talking about? Without him was nothing made that was made in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. He says that in, by him all things were created, not visible and invisible. There are some things that have been created already and are yet invisible. So the fact that you don't see doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The fact that you are not experiencing doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said we walk by faith and not by the way we feel and not by what we see. You may not feel like it. You may not see it. But believe it's a reality. Believe it. Believe it. He said this thing Pastor David is doing here. This speaking is, if you are listening to me on the sound tape or video, wherever you are, this thing you are hearing is not by accident. It works for you. And this thing I'm doing is the channel to your miracle. Some of you are about to bump into some miracles and testimonies that don't make sense. Listen, it doesn't have to look like God will do it for him to do it. Sometimes it may look like it will not happen, but leave it for God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. He said that in the beginning was, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was void and without form. And God said, let there be light and there was. So it doesn't matter how void your situation may look. It doesn't matter how wasteful and waste it has gone. It doesn't matter how bad it may look. All you need, Lord, speak your word. Because the preaching is not in vain. The word when the word comes is not in vain. It accomplishes something else. It says, so shall my word be. So shall my word be. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish. Say accomplish. Say accomplish. It does, it does something. It makes this happen. When the word is discharged, when the word is released, oh, I love this. And because of the resurrection, because of the resurrection, it has set a new thing happening. Some of you are about to experience resurrection in your life. Your, your family is about to experience an eighth day. An eighth day. Things that have not happened in your family before. Things that have only not happened to your elder brothers, your father, your uncles. It's going to start with you. Because of the eighth day. Because of the eighth day. Because of the resurrection. Somebody shall believe. To those who believe it is the power to deliver. Is the power to deliver. I see God on your case. I 
and sitting on your case. And he said, don't worry, you do what you're doing. I'm taking care of it. Do what you're doing. I'm taking care of it. God has taken care of somebody's case. Why? He says that casting my care, casting all your care upon him. First Peter chapter 5 verse 7, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. If he says cast upon me, why do you keep it? Why do you keep it? Casting all, he said I am here to take care of it because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection, I'm taking care of it. You are qualified. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11, he says that for in him we have an inheritance among the saints. Why? Because of the resurrection. That is why Paul says that from henceforth, let no more trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of Christ. The cross of Christ is what I identify with. Paul said, for many that I should boast, save in the cross of Christ my Lord. All the old-time songwriter says, on the hill far away, stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I cherish that old rugged cross. The thing that I said in the cross, in the cross, give my glory ever to my son. My rugged soul shall find rest beyond the rivers. The cross is all that it takes. The cross is all that it takes. Not your intelligence, not your connections, not your power, not your education. All those things may come in handy at the time. But it takes the cross. 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 If Christ did not resurrect, then our believing is in vain. What does that mean? Once you believe, it's not in vain because he didn't stay there. Songwriter, the song, the song, the psalmist says that they sing this old song. He says that for death could not hold him captive, even in the grave. Jesus is not just life. If he was life, that's different. But I said, I am the life and the resurrection. He himself, he was not giving life. He is resurrection. Death cannot keep resurrection down. He has come into your life to begin something new. You need not to hold on to the old world. Because he said, you can't put a new wine in an old mask. Yeah. 
hear him say, I don't do it. Mary said in the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 45, he says that, Blessed is he that believeth, for there shall be a performance. There shall be a performance. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.